Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. You know how I like it when you loving on me. I don't wanna die for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me. The GOAT is back! What is going on, Ball Talk folks? Uh, it is awesome to be talking to you all today. As you can tell, I'm super excited. And the reason I'm excited is because Tiger Woods, the GOAT, as I like to call him, the greatest golfer of all time, is back. Yes, it's a bold statement, but I am one who makes bold statements. And I'm excited to say that he is, in fact, back. For those of you that don't follow golf, you are making the biggest mistake of your life um, because today marks the first tournament that Tiger Woods has won since 2013. And for those of you that are aware, Tiger Woods is by no, by no means and, and, and uh, absolutely is the greatest golfer to ever play the game of golf. I am super excited. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw how hype I was to see Tiger win today. And particularly, I'm excited because Tiger is the reason that I love the game of golf. When I was a young kid, there are very few athletes that electrified me personally as, as a huge sports fan. Um, growing up, that's all I did is watch sports. And there are a few athletes. One is Dwayne Wade. Um, for those of you that haven't watched the 2006 NBA Finals between the Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat, you clearly missed one of the single greatest performances by any individual player in NBA history. Uh, I believe that in those NBA Finals, Dwayne Wade averaged 36 points per game, willing the Miami Heat to their first ever world championship. Another player that electrified me in my childhood was Rafael Nadal. I played tennis in high school. My favorite player has always been Rafael Nadal, and I've, he's always been my favorite player because of the passion. If you've ever watched Nadal, he makes the craziest shots from off the side of the court, um, but he's electrifying. He, he throws up fist pumps. He yells. He screams. Um, and just as a spectator, you really enjoy watching Nadal play. And the same exact thing applies for Tiger Woods. When I was a kid... I remember watching major after major after major. For those of you that don't know anything about golf, um, in golf, uh, there are things called um, majors. And um, these are tournaments. These are the biggest tournaments um, that, that happen uh, in golf. And when you win a major, it's kind of like your, your, your life dream as a golfer. It's the biggest thing that you could possibly win and there are four majors. And when I was a kid, Tiger ruled the golf world. Tiger won major after major after major. But what made Tiger so great wasn't the fact that he won every major. Um, and it wasn't the fact that you know he, he, he beat everyone. It was the way in which he did it. You would often see Tiger have that same Rafael Nadal mentality, which was electrifying. Tiger was an electrifying player. He's the guy that needed a birdie putt on the last hole that was 65 feet long and would hit that 65-foot putt and go celebrate and go crazy, throwing fist bombs, jumping in the air, crowds going crazy. Um, and today really took me back to that. Today took me back to that experience as a Tiger fan when I was younger. Today we saw... Tiger go into the final round uh, with the lead and in the back of your head you're thinking, okay, 
Can he blow it again? He's been so close so many times this year. Is he going to blow it again? And he didn't blow it. And the craziest part was seeing the scenes on the 18th hole when everyone knew that Tiger is going to win the, the tournament. Um, and seeing the fans rushing, sprinting, um, the hundreds and thousands of people standing right behind Tiger. And the moment that putt went in, everybody just roared, started chanting his name. Tiger looked like he was about to cry. Um, understandably, for, for again, even if you're not a golf uh, you know, fanatic, what you've got to understand is that this is arguably the greatest comeback in golf history. Um, no one has ever come back after such, and, and excuse me, might be the greatest comeback in, in arguably sports history. Uh, Tiger has not won a tournament in 1,876 days. The last time Tiger Woods won a tournament was in 2013, the WGC Bridgestone Invitational. The man, the greatest player to ever play the game of golf, has not won a tournament in five years. Beyond that, think about what he's been through. He made a lot of mistakes, um, you know, obviously cheating on his wife and whatever. You know, I don't want to touch on the past and um, obviously his, his cheating scandals and, um, and then kind of the deterioration of his career and everybody saying Tiger will never be Tiger again. Tiger can never win a major again. Tiger will never win a tournament again, to let alone Tiger will never play the game of golf again after his scandals. Then he has injury issues for years. And again, all the doubt and the haters. And you know what? I want to go out and say this, that Tiger winning today is, again, what sports proves every single day. That there are always going to be doubters, but you just got to go out and prove them wrong. It's the Michael Jordan story. It's the LeBron James story. It's, it's the Tom Brady story. And it's the Tiger Woods story. Um, and... Today was just an unbelievable day. Um, now, he hasn't won a major. So, ultimately, Tiger hasn't achieved uh, what he's set out to achieve yet. He hasn't won uh, a major again. The last major that Tiger Woods won, uh, I believe, was... Uh, man, if I could think correctly... I don't know. I, I think as a player... No... I don't know. I don't know the last uh, major that Tiger won, sadly. Um, But again, I think it might have been the U.S. Open in 2008 now that I think about it. Um, So Tiger hasn't won a major in almost a decade. And he's come close a few times this year. Um, You know, finishing, I think it was fourth at the last major. But you know what? He's back. He's. It's time to celebrate because... Golf for the last 20 years has been at the best when Tiger Woods is the best player. No one has ever played the game of golf like Tiger Woods. Um, He's officially only two wins away um, for the most PGA Tour uh, victories um, in history uh, behind Sam Snead. Um, So Tiger is moving, moving up the charts. And I fully anticipate that next year... Tiger Woods will win his first major in almost a decade, if not, uh, if not uh, more than one. Um, he could win two. He could win three. Um, 
the way he's playing right now, if he can keep that going and not get injured, keep his back healthy, um, keep his health uh, going the way it should be, um, then I, I really do believe that 2019 is the year that Tiger Woods will win his 15th uh, ma- uh, golf major. Um, and just to give some perspective on, on what this means for the sport, I want to read some tweets. Tommy Fleetwood, who uh, right now is a hot uh, player on the tour. Uh, when I say hot, I don't mean attractive uh, for any of you wondering out there. I mean he's playing really well, has won numerous tournaments, uh, tweeted this. He said, everybody watching at home, everybody that was right there when it happened, we've just witnessed the greatest comeback of all time. What a time to be alive with the tiger emoji and a goat emoji. This is a fellow golfer who competes against Tiger Woods day in and day out, who is calling Tiger the greatest to ever play the game and saying we've just witnessed the greatest comeback of all time. So this really goes to show what this means to the sport, right? Um, you know, another example is Seth Greenberg's uh, wife uh, tweeting or inst- uh, tweeting that he hasn't moved from the couch, just fixated uh, at the TV um, really t- soaking it all in, and I will definitely remember this moment uh, for a long, long time. So, golf is only going to get more fun now that Tiger Woods is back and really just winning. And you know, it- it's very exciting to see uh, what what is in store for golf in the future. Now, what is very exciting is this new uh, matchup coming out, which is Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson. Um, so for those of you that aren't aware, um, you know, for years, uh, two of the greatest golfers for the last decade have been Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, and they've always been compared. Um, fan bases have always compared them to each other, and uh, they will now be going head-to-head um, with an event being dubbed the match, kind of uh, you know mono imano, kind of like a boxing match, right? And we'll get to that Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Povetkin fight that happened on Saturday. Go AJ, baby! The next Muhammad Ali. Um, but it's being deemed the match, so it's it's uh, it's in November, and I'm super excited to see uh, this one-on-one match, mano y mano. Of course, I'm rooting for Tiger. That's not to say I don't like Phil. I love Phil Mickelson, uh, but my guy is Tiger Woods. Um, the cool part about this, I think, is re- is really um, athletes using their medium to give impact um, and and really spark change in the world, you know. And so the winner of this uh, matchup. Um, will be offered a $9 million prize. And I'm assuming that that $9 million uh, prize will then be used to donate to charity um, for a good cause right now. The cool part about, you know, and, and something that I've always respected is when athletes use their medium to really uh, help the world and help the community out there. You know, if, if, we're, if we're really talking about athletes in the forefront really sparking change, we can talk about Colin Kaepernick. Um, we can talk about LeBron James. Think about what Colin Kaepernick started. Whether you like it or not, um, you cannot deny that the movement that Colin Kaepernick uh, started, uh, you know, transcends race, transcends sexuality, transcends who we are as people. Um, and it's really to send a message that America still isn't an equal society, right? Um, beyond that, think about LeBron James, the I Promise School. You know, for all those LeBron James haters out there, LeBron James, uh, for as good of a of a basketball 
basketball player that he is, um, for as great of a basketball player that he is, um, he's he's an even better human being. If you look at, um, if you do some research into what LeBron James has done in the the, the Cleveland, Ohio community and the Miami community, um, it's just unbelievable and very impressive, right? You have the I Promise School, which is which has recently been the big, uh, you know, um, talk of the town uh, in in on the, in in social media and so on and so forth. Um, you have his foundation that is sponsoring kids' education across the city, you know, Akron, Ohio, Cleveland. Ohio, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's very rewarding to see athletes use their medium to have an impact on the community. And I think more often than not, we always think about the biggest athletes, right? We think about the Dwayne Wade's, LeBron James, the Kobe Bryant's and what they're doing. But we fail to realize is that even, even uh, you know, the, the players on the practice squad on football teams have charities and they have, you know, they put on camps for kids and, uh, it's just again, it's it's always rewarding to see athletes use their medium to spark change, to help kids, to give back to the community. Um, so you know, obviously, I would, that's a tangent there, but um, I'm super excited for the Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson, uh, the matches is being deemed. Uh, and that'll be exciting. So um, it's just an exciting time in golf right now. And and if you don't like golf or if you don't follow golf, I think you need to start following golf because when Tiger Woods plays and you just watch Tiger Woods, you'll get an appreciation for the sport of golf. Um, it's just an unbelievable sport. And Tiger Woods is the GOAT. Don't I don't want to hear any arguments about that. The GOAT is back, baby. Um, so it's super exciting time. Now, switching gear to basketball, um, you know, I know I've, I haven't talked about basketball for some time here on the podcast, and something that's really surfaced uh, this week is the saga that's going down in Minnesota between Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins. Now, um, you know, as an organization, you never wish to see this. You have two stellar players. Um, Jimmy Butler is better than Andrew Wiggins. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is great, but he's not as good as Jimmy Butler. Um, he hasn't proven himself enough, and it's not good as an organization. It's not a good, uh, you know, look uh, in, uh, kind of on the greater scale and, and kind of uh, out in the public to have two of your superstar players feuding on the internet, right? You have, um, you know, Andrew Wiggins' brother who essentially called out uh, Jimmy Butler and kind of made fun of him um, with a with a post, call, you know, saying hallelujah um, and after, you know, some rumors had broken out and Jimmy Butler responding, Andrew Wiggins getting involved and, you know, Steven Jackson then getting involved, uh, you know, really taking the side of Jimmy Butler. So, it's just not a good look if you're Tom Thibodeau and, and the, the Minnesota Timberwolves front office. Um, and I think the way for them to kind of, uh, you know, the way that they really felt that they could get past that was to re-sign Carl Anthony Towns or Cat, as many of you call him. Um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is a stud. Uh, there's no, there's no question about that. Um, and you know, the Timberwolves signed him to, uh, basically a super max deal. Um, so $190 million, um, which is just unbelievable. Um, $190 million over five years, uh, which was a smart move. Uh, you're the Timberwolves, you're out, you, you play in the, in the Western conference, you're trying to secure your future. You can't let go of Carl Anthony Towns. He's too, too much of a crucial piece. 
He's this phenomenal player, even though he went to Kentucky. Um, and so it was a smart move, absolutely smart move. You have to pay that money because that's what the market uh, is right now for a player like Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and then you got to figure out a way to move on. So does that mean you trade Jimmy Butler? Does that mean you let go of Andrew Wiggins, right? Um, obviously, rumors have come out and, and sources have said that Jimmy Butler has requested a trade. Um, I've also read articles saying that Tom Thibodeau wants to keep Jimmy Butler. Um, ownership wants to trade Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler. So it's, um, you know, that's also not good, right? You, you've got a front office who is not on the same page as their head coach who, um, whether you agree with me or not, you cannot deny the fact that Tom Thibodeau is a phenomenal coach, right? He's not he's not a Brad Stevens. Uh, he's not a Steve Curry. He's not an Eric Spolstra. He's not a Greg Popovich. Um, but he's proven himself. He's proven himself in Chicago, taking them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Unfortunately, they had the Miami Heat in, in their path, right? Um, so, so Tom Thibodeau has put, proven himself in the past. He's done a good job in Minnesota so far. Um, and, you know, I, I have to side with Tom Thibodeau on, on this one. I think that you've got to build your team around Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, as much as I respect Andrew Wiggins, I don't think that Andrew Wiggins is the type of player that you build your organization around. Um, I don't believe that Andrew Wiggins is better than Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is a phenomenal scorer. Um, you know, he's one of the best uh, players in the game. And, you know, it, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, the idea um, that, um, you know, that it makes sense to, to, to keep uh, Andrew Wiggins and, and not Jimmy Butler right now, at the end of the day, you, you gotta, you gotta um, do what the player desires, right? So if Jimmy, Jimmy Butler really f- desires being traded now, then, then uh, you know, then, then Minnesota should trade him maybe um, if he doesn't desire to play in, in Minnesota anymore. But the one thing I do know is that Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau have a lot of respect for one another. And I think even though he's requested a trade, um, that they can fix things. But at the end of the day, it comes down to ownership. And if ownership is going to say, hey, we want to trade Jimmy Butler and we want to keep Andrew Wiggins, then, you know, as a player, you got to think, you got to think, players are human, right? And you got to think of this as like a corporate job, right? If you, if you start a job at a company um, and, you know, you're starting to hear they don't want you, you're not going to want to be there, right? And the same applies for Jimmy Butler. If he's hearing that, you know, the, the, the front office and the ownership and don't want to build the team around him and they don't want to invest in him and his talent, then why should he be there, right? Why, why, you know, it makes sense for him to request a trade to, to the Clippers or to the Knicks um, and, and to other teams like the Brooklyn Nets, right? Um, so, you know, you, you gotta, you, you gotta fix your issues internally because the, the coach and the management have to be on the same, same wavelength, right? Now, Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted about, you know, 30 minutes ago, right before I you know, recording this podcast, um, that uh, the Miami Heat and Pat Riley, of course, many of you know I'm a huge Heat fan. The Miami Heat and Pat Riley are going super hard after a trade uh, for Jimmy Butler. Um, and if I'm Jimmy Butler, I would push for this move. And I'm not saying this as a biased Heat fan. Um, but if you're a player like Jimmy Butler, here's the thing. And, and this is really how you, how you have to look at the situation. Um, you played in Chicago with a, with a front office that was unstable, right? Um, unstable. Uh, Chicago does not have a good front office. You then moved to Minnesota with also not a very good front office. Uh, you have a great coach in both locations in Tom Thibodeau, right? 
So you want to go to an organization that has stability, that can help you focus on your talent and you know they're going to invest in you and you're going to succeed, right? Miami is a world-class organization. Whether you hate Miami or not, you cannot deny the fact that they are world-class from top to bottom. You've got Pat Riley running the show. Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Uh, And so a player like Jimmy Butler, when he hears that, is going to be enticed, right? Because he can go to Miami, not have to worry about management being poor, not have to worry about Pat Riley uh, not running a, a tight ship. Um, he obviously knows that the Heat have won numerous championships in the past. They brought success to LeBron. Uh, they brought success to Dwayne Wade, Shaquille O'Neal. The list is endless, right? So, um, And then on top of that, you have a coach who is just world-class and you know he's going to develop your talent um, depending on who the Heat give. And of course, they're going to have to give good assets uh, to get Jimmy Butler, but they still have a pretty deep squad. And so Jimmy Butler might have the opportunity to play with the likes of Bam Adebayo or Hassan Whiteside or, you know, Goran Dragic or Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, whoever it may be, they have a deep team, Dion Waiters, and he gets to reunite with his fellow Marquette, uh, you know, t- uh, brother and, and uh, Chicago Bulls teammate, Dwayne Wade. And so, you know, as a Heat fan, I'm hoping the Heat get uh, Jimmy Butler. We need that bonafide superstar. We have lacked that for the past few years since LeBron left. Uh, we've had good teams that are deep and can make a run, but they, they're not good enough to get farther than we have gotten, like the first round of the playoffs. So we need a superstar in those moments in the first round of the playoffs where we can say, hey, we're going to give you the ball, take over, win us this game, take us to victory, let's win this series. And that could be Jimmy Butler. Um, and, you know, I also know that Kyrie Irving likes the Miami organization. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving having a fascination to want to play with one another. And obviously they a lot has been mentioned about New York, but what about Miami, right? The, the problem going against Miami is, again, the fact that we don't have cap space, so we have to trade. Um, so, you know, I, I want Miami to make this move. I'm hoping this move gets done this week. I hope Pat Riley can close the deal, get uh, Jimmy Butler down to Miami, um, and then make maybe next year we go for Kyrie Irving, right? I, I still find it hard to believe that Kyrie Irving would leave Boston uh, if Boston gets to the NBA Finals this year, which I fully anticipate that Boston will uh, definitely get to the NBA Finals out of the East. I don't think anyone can challenge them um, other than Philly and Toronto and possibly Miami. But, you know, again, you know, at the end of the day, Kyrie's got a choice to make. And that could be heavily rooted in the idea that in Boston, he is not the main guy. Um, and that they are so deep that, you know, it doesn't just require him being a superstar. And, you know, Kyrie is the type of player that he loves to be the center of attention. And that's not in a bad way. Saying that in a bad way, that's just saying his style of play. Um, so, you know, and, you know, when you think of potential trades that the Heat could make for Jimmy Butler... Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of options, right? Um, you know, Hassan Whiteside, um, as much as I love Hassan Whiteside and I think he's a stud, uh, he doesn't fit into the Miami culture, which is work hard regardless of your talent. And I think Whiteside often forgets the fact that it's all about hard work, even though he is so talented. Um, so maybe a Hassan Whiteside, right? That could be a good trade asset. Another possible trade asset would be Josh Richardson or Goran Dragic, right? Um, you know, um, but, but again, it makes sense. Jimmy Butler to Miami makes sense given the history of Miami and Pat Riley's desire to always acquire ready to win superstars. Um, And, you know, Miami's record of just getting a superstar after getting another superstar after getting another superstar. And Ethan Skolnick, uh, who is a sports journalist, uh, a Miami sports journalist, 
um, tweeted about three hours ago, something's coming, dot, 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 right? Now, that's cryptic. Obviously, he's referring to Jimmy Butler. Um, but by all means, I, I actually think this is going to get done. I really do believe Miami is going to cut a deal with Minnesota to get acquire Jimmy Butler by the end of the week. Um, so it'll be exciting as a Heat fan. Let's go. I'll buy a Jimmy Butler jersey if it happens right on the spot as soon as it's announced. So please bring Jimmy Butler to Miami. Um, and as always, let's go Heat, baby. Come on. Now I want to ship switch gears here. Um, ESPN, I want to talk about this uh, ranking done by ESPN uh, where they predicted the 10 best players in the NBA for this upcoming season. Of course, we already know who atop that list is. It's King James, baby. Let's go. The King gone to LA. Uh, LeBron James will be the best player in the league. There's no question about that. He's been the best player in the league for over you know 13 years. Um, so um that that's not gonna change um number two they said steph curry which is a shocker um i do i disagree with this i love steph curry in fact he might be one of my favorite players right now um but i actually think that the second best player in the league next year will be james harden um i think last year showed it obviously james harden was our nba mvp and James Harden has proven that you just can't stop him. He's he is an elite player. Uh, he is an elite scorer. Um, I think there are two or three players in this. Uh, you know, there's several players. Excuse me, but I think there are a few uh, pure players who you can't stop on the offensive end. And I think one of those is James Harden. Um, it's that little crossover step back fadeaway shot uh, from the three point line. Um, its ability to switch hands, his ability to drive to the lane, uh, get contact and score. Um, James Harden is the best uh, ISO player. I think one of the best ISO players in the league. I think he's one of the best players in the league. And I think he will be uh, the second best player in the league next year. Um, ESPN said at three is James Harden. I would put Stephen Curry at uh, three. Um, and that's just a switch. We all know Steph, Chef Curry with the shot, um, Chef Curry with the pot, um, you know, as Drake says. But um, it's, it's Steph Curry. What, what, what more do I need to say? Uh, arguably the greatest three-point shooter to ever play the game of basketball. And that's a big, that's a big bold statement, right? Because... Um, you, you can't forget the likes of uh, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, and the list goes on and on and on. But Steph Curry is unlike a shooter we have ever seen uh, take the game of basketball. Um, in fact, Steph Curry, you know, this going on tangents, and, and I want to talk about this later, is uh, a, a generational player. And I'll talk about this before or after this. Um, at, tied for fourth, they have Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant. Um, I think KD is clearly going to be number four in my opinion. As much as I love Giannis, uh, I don't think that he's better than Kevin Durant. Um, I think Kevin Durant is one of the very few players on offense, like I was saying earlier for James Harden and Steph Curry, that you cannot stop. Um, If you're going to beat Kevin Durant on the offensive end, you better hope he's having a bad night. Otherwise, he's going to punish you. Um, I think at five for me would be Giannis, so I wouldn't have them tied. Um, Giannis is Giannis, Greek freak, sick wingspan. I, I just enjoy loving him, uh, enjoy watching him play. Um, I love when he drives to the lane and dunks. At six, they have Anthony Davis, um, who uh, we all know is a stud. Um, I would argue with uh, Giannis, the future of the league. Um, in fact, he just signed with LeBron's agent today, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, uh, so Anthony Davis. Um, 
signed with Clutch Sports, um, which is LeBron James's sports group, um, and Rich Paul, excuse me, LeBron's agent's sports group. Um, so he signed with Rich Paul. Uh, number seven is Russell Westbrook. Uh, again, I if there there are a few players in this league that when I watch, I just feel loss of words and one of those players is russell westbrook um whether you like him or hate him watching him play is the most fun thing seeing this guy it's the intensity that he plays the game of basketball um again i i you know i he's i'm not a biggest fan of russell westbrook i think that he's one of those players that may struggle to win an nba championship because of this way he plays the game of basketball but i love the way he plays the game of basketball which is full throttle drive to the lane jump from you know the free throw line and try to dunk it right um, I'm not quite literally meaning the free throw line, but, um, but just, you know what I mean? Having that, you know, jump man air and kind of, uh, that's why he's on the Jordan brand. Um, but yeah. Um, and number eight, they have Kawhi Leonard. I think that's interesting. I think, I think when Kawhi Leonard's healthy and, and fully committed, he is arguably a top three player, um, in the league. Uh, I think it's LeBron James, Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard and, um, they haven't met number eight, and I think that's interesting. I think he might be higher or he might be lower. Um, it's not going to be a tra- smooth transition playing in Toronto. It's a different style. Um, and we're really going to find out if Kawhi was really successful because of the system that he was in or it, because of the fact that he really just is a superstar. I think he, I believe that he's a superstar and one of the best players um, in the game, you know, top five uh, when he's healthy. So um, I don't know. We'll see. That's a tough one. Uh, number nine is Joel Embiid. Oh, Joel Embiid. The notorious Joel Embiid always talking smack and taunting players. Um, this week, in fact, saying that DeAndre Ayton was about to get his ass whooped. So, uh, by other players and by Joel Embiid himself. So, uh, I love Joel Embiid. I love the way he plays the game. Um, you know, sure, he might be cocky, but, uh, he proves it and he backs it up and he, you know, uh, I'm a Heat fan and we lost to the 76ers in the playoffs last year and it was a big part was because of Joel Embiid and he backed up every, uh, little bit of smack talk, smack, smack talk that he had. So, um, so they have Joel Embiid at number nine. Uh, and number 10 is Damian Lillard. Um, I love Damian Lillard. I think he's unreal. Um, I think that he's a stud. And uh, I'm actually pretty surprised that he's number 10. I think Damian Lillard's a stud. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if he's the 10th best, will be the 10th best player in the league next year, though. Um, but I think he could be. He's a stud. Again, like I said, I love Damian Lillard. Um, you know, I think maybe you think about Chris Paul at that number or Kyrie Irving, which is the shocker for me because they have Kyrie Irving at number 20. Um, so maybe their, their assessment is that Kyrie Irving won't be as high up because of the fact that, um, you know, he's playing on a team that doesn't necessarily need him to be a bonafide superstar night in and night out. Um, you've got a Celtics team that is deep. That has a lot of assets, a lot of pieces. He's going to have Gordon Hayward along his side, who's fully healthy, which I'm excited to see. Um, as much as I hate the Celtics, um, which, you know, probably my most hated team. Um, but I love Gordon Hayward. I love the way he plays the game in basketball. So I'm super excited to see Gordon Hayward play. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think the best player by far will be uh, LeBron James. And we'll see what happens from there. Now, switching gears here, I really want to talk about trans, you know, generational players. Um, when I think of players who really transform the game of basketball, I think right off the top, we're always going to say LeBron James, Michael Jordan. You're going to say Michael Jordan, of course. 
Kobe Bryant, of course, LeBron James, of course. But I think after that, um, we also got to think about Allen Iverson, right? I think for many of us growing up, Allen Iverson was that guy that we idolized because of how successful he was, despite people saying he's too short. Um, you know, he's he's more he's got the body of a street baller, right? And Allen Iverson transformed the game, crossing up the best players, um, and being one of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. But beyond that, he also uh, was revolutionary when it came to fashion as a basketball player. Um, I remember us all trying to dress up like Allen Iverson. Um, you know, Allen Iverson made Reebok famous, um, and really made Reebok a huge thing for young kids, uh, young basketball fans. Um, And going back to what I was saying with the Steph Curry thing, I think Steph Curry um, among the modern day basketball players is one of those players that will have a generational impact. And I think that is the case because of the style of that, you know, Steph Curry plays the game of basketball. Um, Steph Curry uh is you know for for kids today Steph Curry is a hero because of his size how small he is um and his story how he was overlooked at Davidson he was overlooked in high school overlooked in the NBA and he became one of the greatest shooters to ever play the game and i think what you're gen- naturally going to see now is a lot of transition to a more heavy focused uh shooting style of basketball you're going to see kids emulating Stephen Curry when it comes to focusing on their shot and not necessarily building their body uh, for an inside game um, or to build their body like LeBron James, right? Kind of being bigger, being, uh, you know, uh, heavier. Um, And you're going to see a lot of kids really just start taking on the idea that if they can perfect their shot, they have a chance. If they can shoot like Steph Curry, which is a, which a hard, which is a hard task, um, that they can make it. So um, I view Steph Curry as a, tra- as a as a generational player because I think he's inspired young kids, young ballers today to believe that they could get to the NBA no matter their size if they focus on what they're good at. And Steph Curry is always focused on the fact that he's an unbelievable shooter. Um, he is arguably the only shooter in this league that shoot can shoot the ball, turn his back, run down the court before the shot even goes in and already know that the shot's going to go in, right? It's almost like like Ray Allen um, and Reggie Miller. So, um, you know, Steph, Stephen Curry is a generational player. So this has been a fun episode. Um, I want to thank you all for tuning in. We've discussed a lot of issues on this podcast, three big ones. Uh, you know, really, we, we discussed the Jimmy Butler saga. Um, we discussed uh, the fact that I think Jimmy Butler is going to end up in Miami. I know I'm biased, but um, and then we discussed uh, ESPN's uh, upcoming rankings of the top 10 players in the, that they're predicting in the NBA for this upcoming season. And of course, we discussed uh, the GOAT is back, baby. Tiger Woods is back. I'm excited for 2019 to see what Tiger Woods has in store um, and how he's going to really uh, shock the world by winning a major, if not more. Um, so uh, thank you all for tuning in. I know this has been a longer episode. Um, and I, as I had mentioned on the last previous podcast, we're going to stick to this goal of releasing at least three podcasts per week. I'm shooting for five a week. So we're recording this one today. Tomorrow, I have the fortune of interviewing Taylor Sharp. 
um, who created a documentary for the NBA called uh, Hoops Africa Ubuntu Matters. Um, and so that will go up tomorrow evening. Um, and then we're going to try to upload a few more throughout the week. So please review, please, excuse me, please subscribe, um, please comment and uh, rate uh, the podcast and share it with your friends on social media. Um, that's that's really what I asked for is I'm trying to get my name out there. Um, if you know anyone in the podcast world, whether it be Bill Simmons or anyone else, Stephen A. Smith, whoever it may be, um, please share this podcast with them because um, I really do think that I have a, a space and, and uh, value that I can bring in the podcast world when it comes to sports. Um, so please, like I said, subscribe, uh, give a five-star rating, or, or just be honest, rate the podcast, and please comment, provide some feedback, provide topics, share it with your friends on social media, and I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode. I hold back sometimes I won't. Yeah. I feel good sometimes I don't. Yeah. I finesse down Western Road. Yeah. Yeah. Might go down to G-O-D